I guess it's it's an important point here. Like, why what why is fault finding then an important thing to discuss? <laughs> because it is against our spiritual well being. You know, we're putting other people down. It's a uh, an avenue for self aggrandizement. You know, it feeds the false ego, the false prestige, which are all enemies of the soul, ourselves. And it makes for a disharmony and discord in society. People can't harmonize, but they're always finding, you know, discord and division. It divides people into different groups. So it's, it's stated anywhere we look, as we just referred to, is do not criticize. You know, you must stay away from criticism, rumor mongering, gossiping. It's all in the same category. Right. If you want to, to actually have a chance to grow spiritually. Hi there, and welcome to the Breaking Trail podcast. My name is Ruben, and uh, we are going to discuss fault finding today, namely how completely it goes against our spiritual well-being and it boosts our false ego and false prestige, not enabling us to actually experience the happiness that we need. You will meet my friend and teacher Balakia here as well, and and this is where you can can tune in to have inspiration and motivation to help you navigate life's journey. So Bhagavad Gita 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. Purification of one's existence, cultivation of spiritual knowledge, charity, self-control, performance of sacrifice, study of the Vedas, austerity, simplicity, non-violence, truthfulness, freedom from anger, renunciation, tranquility, aversion to fault-finding, compassion for all living entities, freedom from covetousness, gentleness, modesty, steady determination, vigor, forgiveness, fortitude, cleanliness, and freedom from envy and for the passion for honor, uh, and freedom from envy and from the passion for honor. These transcendental qualities, O son of Bharat, belong to godly men endowed with, endowed with divine nature. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, if you got those qualities, <laughs> yeah, you're not in the Kali Yuga. <laughs> <clears throat> no, actually, yeah. some people now on this planet have those qualities because there are godly people on this planet. However, it's rare. It is rare. Yeah. And, and you could see, if we just had a few of those qualities, <laughs> it would be very, very beneficial for ourselves and, and for others as well. Yeah. yeah. And what are we going to talk about today? Fault finding, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. Mm. Fault finding. The uh, see, this is Kali Yuga. If you, we've talked about that a lot. Mm. You know, 
And Kali Yuga has an influence on us. I mean, an invisible influence. It's, it says we become victimized by Kali Yuga. In other words, that influence is so strong. Of this, of this time and age. We're almost like helpless. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Yugas are time periods. And we've talked about that in previous yeah. podcasts. And so this particular Kali Yuga is the age of quarrel, chaos, and confusion. And, and, and that's because that influence is so strong and dominant that we just are like that, you know. And that's what a lot of people feel. I'm just like that, you know. I just can't help it. Yeah, exactly. You say, don't be like that. Well, I'm just like that. Kind of like it's automatic. That's just, just like the habit that it's been. Yeah, yeah. and so... That's why the religious principles, which we also talked about, you know, previously, you know, protect one from the influence. In other words, if we're protected from the influence, then it can't possess us, we'll say. But if we're not protected by the religious principles, then we're vulnerable and we just get taken away. So... That's why we see now conflict everywhere, you know. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I just saw an article today in, in Los Angeles. There's two uh, National League football teams, American football, mm -hmm. in, uh, in Los Angeles. And so they had a preseason match, just kind of a preseason opener to, you know, and last year, of course, because of the pandemic, they played their games with no fans in the crowd. Mm. But now things have opened up, and so they, they invited the fans. So the, the fans were there, and just, you know, after the game started, <laughs> this huge brawl broke out among <laughs> the fans in the bleachers, you know. Guys beating each other. Oh. You know, this team against this team. And that's just like Kali Yuga. You know, here it is. First time we've been able allowed to go to a game in <laughs> over a year. And wow. It, just, I mean, it almost begins with wow. conflict, you know. And it's like people are attracted to that. You know I mean? It says, what did you just read? Aversion default finding. Yeah. See? So if we're averse to anything, we just stay away from it. We don't want to do it. Even if there's great opportunity to find fault with somebody, and maybe, you know, we, as we may think, you know, solid ground for finding fault. Mm -hmm. But a person that's averse to it just doesn't go there. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I don't. I don't feel comfortable there. I'm averse to it. Exactly. But most of us are attracted to false finding. We're looking. <laughs> We're looking for faults. Like it's like a hawk looking for some prey. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, I'm just waiting for for somebody to do something that I can criticize. And then you immediately, you know, whoosh, quickly. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Swoop down. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. 
And it starts at a very early age, you know. And you are uh, uh, some teenagers, early teenagers, long ago. And, you know, they were girls, and, and, you know, girls are, you know, very prone to criticism and looking at others and whatever. Mm. They were, we would, they were criticizing people just walking down the street because of the clothes they wore. <laughs> Look at that, wearing those, look at this. And I said, come on, guys, you know, don't have that kind of vision, you know. Mm. It just becomes, you know, a disease almost. It's like a habit. You, you find pleasure. There's a taste in that. You know, and, and you don't know those people. You've got nothing to do with their life, but you're just finding some reason to criticize them. Mm. And another thing that does is build us up. As soon as I put somebody else down, that automatically elevates me to a yeah. higher position. Yeah. I can look down on them. And we, and we think that and, makes, makes us happier. That will elevate us in some way. Or Yeah. You know, everybody that looks like me or thinks like me or whatever is okay and <laughs> the rest are not, you know. Mm. But if everybody became like them, like they say, well, if they were like me, it'd be different. <laughs> then they want to become someone else because it's too common. <laughs> you know, if everybody wore the same clothes I did, then I wouldn't want to wear those clothes anymore because I'm just like everybody else. I got to do something, mm. you know, a little separate, a little, you know, exactly. a little exactly. out of out of the norm, so to speak. So, so, and so it's just a disease. It's kind of trying to make it perfect, right? Well, but you will never come to that stage of everyone else being perfect and the world being perfect and everything being perfect. It's just a constant struggle to make. And once, I guess, we tell ourselves that once that happened happens you know once everything is perfect then i'll be fine i'll be happy you know i'll i'll have a good time because the world is perfect and the people around me are perfect and <laughs> which just right. never comes <laughs> and, and perfection is on our terms right yeah exactly i mean exactly. they would be perfect the way i want well, them to exactly. be perfect that's true yeah 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 right no. right you know it's <laughs> not like absolute perfection like you just read that's absolute perfection all those qualities are godly qualities. You know, they're called transcendental qualities. And so that's real perfection. You know, mm. cleanliness and honesty and, you know, aversion to fault finding and freedom from fear and respecting everybody and all that. That's actual perfection. Because that's beyond the influence of the material, you know, modes of nature. You know, they're transcendental qualities. That means they are a result of transcendental influence hmm. or a godly influence. But the, 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 the perfection that people are envisioning or sometimes demanding of someone else is, is my version of perfection. Exactly. I want you to be like that because I like that or whatever. Or become like me because I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that's, I mean, wow, that's just because there seems to be 
so much discussions on what's perfection, you know, but this makes it kind of easy. You know, there's this verse from Bhagavad Gita. If you want to know what <laughs> perfection means, you can go there and you can see, you know, in yourself, do I, am I moving forward towards those qualities? You know, am I moving forward toward real perfection or, or not? You know, where, where am I? How am I doing? <laughs> well, you're in the second, third, and fourth verse. <laughs> That's where we are. <laughs> you know, envy and pride and false prestige and, you know, lust and anger and greed. Because that's of demoniac qualities. And if we read that chapter, which is chapter 16 in Bhagavad Gita, it describes these divine qualities and then it describes the demoniac qualities. Mm -hmm. And if we had to see, well, where am I in these descriptions? I think most of us would find that we're in that demoniac category. Right. And uh, that's not a good thing, but we're kind of like okay with that in all too many cases. You know, yeah. I'm okay. And I can always find justification for it. Well, exactly. That's yeah. that's a big thing with fault finding, isn't it? That we find, you know, that if we see all the other faults in other people, then I don't have to look like at myself. It's it's the other people's fault yeah. that I'm this way <laughs> or that I'm unhappy or yeah. that I'm... Right. It's kind of... Nobody wants to take responsibility for their own exactly. Exactly. Alts. You know, mm. We don't want to look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, we want to look at other people. You know, what is that saying? It's a Russian saying, I think, that don't get angry at the mirror by what you see reflected. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not the mirror's fault. <laughs> and again, that's like the people, yeah. Mm. They're the mirror. They're where we're seeing in them probably and get angry probably at the faults that are maybe faults that we ourselves have, but we see them in others, and then we get angry at them for those faults. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. This actually, I, I think that's the, yeah. the idea of that saying. Because because there's a yeah. biblical quote on this where Apostle Paul said something to this extent. Actually, I just he said, uh, "You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else." For at whatever point you judge the others, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another quote from the Bible that says, Why are you worried about the splinter in your neighbor's eye when you have a log in your own eye? But we can't see the log, all we see is the splinter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all scriptures basically refer to the same truth. And that's that's the meaning of scripture. It's a, mm. it's, it's a work of truth. And so whether you read from the Bible or you read from, you know, Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam, etc., you're going to find basically the same thing. Yeah. You know, it may be presented in a different way and et cetera, et cetera, but it's it's the same truth because truth is true. Mm. And, and all the great teachers of truth teach the same thing, really. You know, they, they, 
they may, again, say it in different ways or terminology at different times and circumstances and use different analogies, but it's the same message. And, and uh, I guess... I guess it's it's an important point here. Like, why what, why is fault finding then an important thing to discuss? Why is it that we are you know having this talk on but on on uh, on fault finding? Like, what and why is it that different literatures and and like you said, many different traditions mention this? I mean, even there's a quote from Buddha that I'm I'm going to read in in a bit that he's also speaking about this. Like, why is that? <laughs> Because it is against our spiritual well-being. You know, we're putting other people down. It's an avenue for self-aggrandizement. You know, it feeds the false ego, the false prestige, which are all enemies of the soul, ourself. And it makes for a disharmony and discord in society. People can't harmonize, but they're always finding... You know, discord and division, it divides people into different groups. Mm. You know, the good guys and the bad guys, you know, Mm. us and them kind of division. And so, therefore, again, there's no harmony because all the division leads to conflict. And and so, therefore, there's no peace. Mm. Even in religion, look how much division there is. Look how many... People with, you know, religious affiliation criticize others yeah. with religious affiliations. You know, we find fault with their religion. You know, we find fault with their method of worship. We find fault with their whatever it is. Mm. In, 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 you know, that area of life, which is supposed to be harmonizing exactly. rather than criticizing. So it's it's stated anywhere we look, as we just referred to, is do not criticize. You know, you must stay away from criticism, rumor mongering, gossiping. It's all in the same category. If you want to to actually have a chance to grow spiritually, because God is not pleased. I mean, we gotta go back to the to the original understanding that God's the supreme father and we're the children. So think of a, a father, earthly father, who has 10 kids. See, is he pleased with the kids if they're always arguing among themselves, always conflict, always belittling each other, always, you know, finding fault with each other and And often the kids come to the father, right? He did this, he did that. And the other one comes, she did this, she did that. And the father's just not pleased with that. Mm. You know, he wants the children to get along. He wants to see the sameness, the common bond. You know, your brothers, your sisters, you know, you're all my children. I want you to, to get along, have peaceful coexistence not fighting and arguing and and then running to me, you know, and blaming the other person always, et cetera. So if you take that to the absolute level, there's the Supreme Father, and we're the children, 
and he's not pleased when all we're doing is bickering and hustling and you know we're not doing his will he says don't do this and we do it so again we're in you know conflict with his will you know and it's all because of arrogance and false pride and false prestige you know so again from the scriptures we learn that the real devotees of god they don't find fault and even though there's every reason to be offended by someone's actions against them they don't take offense see they're they're like god god never takes offense mm. you know you can criticize god he doesn't take offense see so <clears throat> that's where harmony is in the saintly personalities who have these qualities that you just read God is present because he's he's represented by all of these godly qualities. You see that personality, you see God because the same qualities are there. So spiritual life is is increasing our harmonious relationship with the Supreme Lord. And those activities of fault finding and criticizing and belittling and judging and so on make that impossible. Can't do it. Yeah. And what happens is we we run into a or develop a habit or a pattern, a whole mental uh, condition, and ultimately we'll criticize God. Because we're just critical by nature. Yeah, 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 yeah. So ultimately, it'll go, 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 go till God becomes the object of our criticism. That's what you mean. Which is, or, or God's devotee. Mm. You see, those who are true representatives of God, those who are most dear to Him, will wind up criticizing them, which is, you know, a death sentence for our spiritual life. So it's just kind of like the small it's things a that bad we do. Habit. Yeah, like the small things that we do that translates to the to the bigger. And so it's kind of like this idea of starting in your kitchen first, like tidy up in your kitchen first, like in the small things, and then that will. Yeah. You know. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there's another aspect, perhaps that is, and 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 again, I I think that's based in society, which because society is is shaped like that, like everything is. Everything is based on competition, and if we think that spiritual life is about competition, you know, then uh, the, the, so anyway, Lao Tzu said, uh, "A sage is like water. Water is good. It nourishes all things and does not compete. Similarly, because the sage does not compete, he does not find fault in others. You, you know, it's that." <laughs> We don't compete. It's not a competition to like I'm gonna be better than you or better spiritually than you and and somehow you know climb above you or, or something. I mean that's could that be also based in that societal way of always compet competing, like the best job and the best career and the you know everything is competition nowadays. 
Yeah, it is. And yeah, that's all part of it. You know, we're trying to be better. Number one, it goes back to that I'm number one yeah. false identity. I'm the best. I'm the most important. I'm the center of my universe. And you should recognize that. I'm the center. You should recognize who I am. <laughs> and so it, it's all tied together. It's, it's all part of the same basic problem, you know. And, and Kali Yuga, back to the idea of, of the time period now, is where this is, is at the forefront. This whole consciousness and, and is at the forefront. So this influence of Kali Yuga, you know, basically turns us in to this. Whereas in Satya Yuga, that golden age, which is the most perfect of the four ages, you know, is the mode of goodness. And so you don't find this. It's there, but it's not so prominent. And the influence is, is the other direction, the other, you know, influence. Harmony, peace, tranquility, advance in spiritual life. You see, more of these godly qualities hmm. are just common among the society, you know, and so therefore it's, uh, it's a different influence and a different result and different society, different atmosphere, different mentality of, of the people. Yeah. But we're in Kali Yuga. We can't, you know, think about Satya Yuga, oh, when was it, when it's not Satya Yuga, I mean, we yeah. can talk about it, <laughs> we can glorify it, but now it's Kali Yuga. Yeah. So what are we going to do about that? Exactly. You know? mm -hmm. We're we're not you know later in in you know thousands of years later in Satya Yuga. We're now in this age of coral chaos and confusion. Are we going to be victimized by that, or are we going to take measures? to actually protect ourselves from this. And, and so the, the process of bhakti yoga, for instance, you know, is very specific about how to protect ourselves. You know, and it's, number one, through association, you see. If we associate with people under the influence of Kali Yuga, that is also part of that influence. We're so influenced by our association, yeah. you know, and so if we associate with the conflict and the, you know, the fault-finding people and, you know, get sucked up into the competitive consciousness that we must compete, mm -hmm. and this is taught from birth, basically. Exactly. <laughs> you know, then that's where we're going to go. That's how we'll develop. That's who we're going to be, you know. I, I talked to a person one time. I know, I know him quite well. And when I first met him, he, he came to our programs and so on and has continued to come. He's, he's adopted this, this whole philosophy. But he was so competitive and so arrogant and so proud of himself and wanted to convince you, you know, of how special he was. And so I talked to him about it, and he, he has a brother. And he said, that's the way we were raised. You know, in our family, our father taught us that we're to, 
most special. We're the best. We should, we're above other people. And that was just promoted. And, and of course, the whole thing just brought him to who he was when I met him. And he said, that was how I was supposed to be according to the influence and education and instruction I received. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, he heard this philosophy and he, you know, serious enough to work on that and, you know, much better. See, he's, he's beginning to see it even when it, because something is so deep. I mean, when you learn something from birth, you know, that doesn't go away overnight. You know, you just don't wake up the next morning and it's all gone. I mean, that's that's molded you in a certain way. Exactly. And so, exactly. you know, it's not easy, and but you start recognizing it, whereas before you couldn't even see it. And if anybody, you know, said something about it, they were wrong. You probably fault find them. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, this guy, yeah. you know, he because he, he could have chosen to fault find you when you mm. pointed this out, right? <laughs> but maybe it mentally, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he not not externally anyway. Yeah, yeah. But no, he he began to recognize it and see it more and more. It, it wasn't that it all went away, but he could see when it happened. Wow, this is not good. I got to. I got to work on this. Yeah. So there, there is a way to deal with these things that can actually bring about a cure. Hmm. But if I don't think I need to be cured, if I don't think I have any problem, then no chance. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like getting out of the autopilot mode or the instinct mode. You know what I mean? That it's like you're starting to actually see the patterns that you have and the effects that it has on other people. And... Yeah, yeah. I told him, I said, you're the, one of the hardest people to be around I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? And that kind of was a shock to him because he thought he was the greatest guy to be around. <laughs> the kindest guy and the most, you know, nice guy. I mean, he was a nice guy, but he, this this whole thing just made it difficult. Mm, yeah, I see. It, I see. But we worked on yeah. it. I mean, he worked on it. I didn't work on it, but he worked on it. And, and yeah, much better, much better. Hmm. You know. But all the while, applying the process, chanting, hearing the teachings, understanding more as he goes along, just like all of us. You know, we all have our definite work to do. Anybody <laughs> says, oh, I'm, I don't have any work to do. It's a problem in and of itself. I mean, they got a lot of work to do just yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> that itself is a <laughs> showing that yeah, you need yeah. some. Yeah. It is a... <laughs> so one of the spiritual master's duties, really, it's described in scripture, is to make us aware of these things. You know, make us aware of these problems so that we can work on it. We can and try to overcome it or get better. And the proper means, of course, not just a mental adjustment, but purification of the heart, purification of the mind mm. through transcendental sound and transcendental activity. Yeah. So, because, what did Buddha say? Oh, right. He said, uh, "Look not at the faults of others, nor, nor to their omissions and commissions, 
but rather look to your own acts, to what you have done and left undone. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, doesn't that go right back to the Bible? I mean, it said, why are you worried about the splinter in your neighbor's eye when you got a log in your exactly. own? Like, look at your own self. Yeah. You yeah. know, or don't be angry at the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that's going right back to the same truth. It is. It's wonderful to see how Buddha said this, Lao Tzu said this, you know, somebody else said this, you know, Bible says this, yeah, yeah. Bhagavad Gita says that, and it's it all goes back to the same message. That's <laughs> amazing, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that gives you faith in the fact that there is an absolute truth. It's, it's not just some random thing that somebody independently thought up and stands alone. It's like from thousands of years and different thousands of years, from 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 1,000, whatever number of years ago, different parts of the world, different cultures, different everything, the same message. Yeah. Yeah. Which should give us confidence that there is an absolute truth. Hmm. And if I can absorb that truth and try to change my life according to that truth, act on that truth, then that'll be the best for me. If that, that should hopefully produce that kind of admission. Yeah, yeah. Which is also, which is also one of the things that will, <laughs> I guess, help you avoid fault finding to be able to accept <laughs> yeah again that you're not the center of the universe like if you accept that there's an absolute truth then you accept that you're just a, a part of something like you're not the center but there's an absolute truth uh, to which you mold your life to which you try to you know act in a way that's that's positive and and you know if if you accept the existence of a supreme person then you act in a way that is making him happy like yeah. you're not yeah. the main guy <laughs> yeah and and where's the harm in being kind mm, and, exactly. and forgiving you know and you know seeing the good in others there's a saying that says the good man sees the good in all and the bad man sees the bad in all yeah yeah you know? so if if you're a good person that means inside really Oh, you see the good in a person. Yeah. You've heard the story, I'm sure, about, you know, a king was was considering his time as the king was drawing to an end. I was, Did we talk I was, about that No, 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 but I, I was just thinking about it. That's so funny. I was just thinking about it that maybe you can mention that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The king was looking for one to, to follow him, you know, and he wanted to pick the right person. And so he called one of his main candidates in and, and told him, to, I want you to go into the kingdom and find me the best man, a good man, and bring him to me. You know, and so, no, I think it went the other way. Go and find a bad man and bring him to me. No, it, so he it, sent him out. And, it went with a good It's a good first. man. Yeah, the good Yeah, first. yeah, good yeah, first, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, good. So the guy goes out, stays a long time, comes back, and he says, you know, I couldn't find any good person, every single person. Sooner or later, I could see this bad guy there. 
And the king said, okay, thank you. Then he came, went to the next candidate, and he said, I want you to go into the kingdom and find a bad person and bring him to me. And again, a long time later, he returns and said, Your Highness, I couldn't find any bad person because everybody had some good in him. You know, I saw good in every single person. And so he said, yes, you'll be my follower. You'll be the next king, you know. So that's, that's how it is. The vision is the vision, you know. There's nobody good or there's nobody bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it comes down to like, what, 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 which reality do you want to live in? Do you want to be that, you know, second or the first candidate? Like, do you want to... Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, which would you rather be? What? And it's all about how we are. I mean, all those visions have an effect how, how we feel and how we experience life. You know, there's another story uh, that a friend of mine told me that in the old days in America, you know, if a person was traveling from, let's say, the East Coast to the West Coast, Route 66, for instance, was one of those famous routes. And, and they went through every little small town. There weren't any, you know, freeways and bypassing towns and just four lanes going, you know, at breakneck speed. I mean, you saw the country. You went from worst little town, second little town, and third little town. And I, I grew up, with it, and that's the way it was. And So anyway, this guy was going across the country, and he broke down in a small town in his car, and he took it to the garage. And the guy said, well, yeah, sure, we can fix it, but it's going to be about three days. you know." And the guy said, okay, fine, I'm in no real rush, so... During that three days, he just walked around that small town and he met a lot of people, you know, ate in the restaurants and talked to a lot of people. And, and so when he came back to pick up his car, he said, you know, this is one of the nicest towns I've ever been in. You know, he said, the people here are so nice. How is it possible that it is like that? <laughs> and the guy says, well, you know, I run this gas station and mechanic shop a lot of people coming through here, going west, and oftentimes they stop. And the question that many have is, oh, what's the people like in this town? I'm looking for a place to relocate. Hmm. And what's it, what are the people like? And I would always reply to them, well, what's it like where you come from? And the guy would say, oh, you know, it's not nice, and people are not very friendly, and, you know, they're not really you know, nice to be around and blah, 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 like this. You know, that's why I'm leaving. I don't like the people. And the guy said, yeah, you know, well, it's kind of like that here too. And that guy will go on. <laughs> and another guy comes and asks that question, what's it like here? What are the people like? He blacked out again. Yeah. Yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> And and so, you know, and I would ask them again, well, what's it like where you come from? And he goes, oh, it's really nice. You know, the people are really nice. They're kind, neighborly. We help each other out. You know, very, very friendly place. And he said, well, you know, that's kind of the way it is here too. <laughs> and that guy will stay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
It's kind of the same concept. (laughs) (laughs) Like attracts like. Mm -hmm. And what do we want to attract? Who do we want to be around? And who, who, you know, do we want influencing us and so on? Would they say birds of a feather flock together? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But and 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 again, the role of uh, I I read this just a small this is a small sentence by uh, by one of our spiritual masters. He, he said that the importance of introspection is like, introspection is completely crucial in the process of spiritual development you know yeah yeah and that's the hardest thing isn't it yeah (laughs) to be honest with ourselves and to really introspect and see the faults see the dark side you know see the the anger and the the jealousy and the envy and and admit it and and actually Say, this is not good. I need to work on this. And even pray to the Supreme Lord, please help me to overcome this. See, I want to be free of this. So, yeah, that's, that takes a, a sincere person. Because if we don't look inside, we're always looking outside. And when we look outside, we see differences and we see, you know, things to find fault in and imperfections in other people and etc yeah but but one aspect that my people might wonder about i i guess is because we are and this process is we are mentioning quite on a regular basis like okay so it's not about propping yourself up it's about being able to be humble and be lower but so one could think that if you see your anger and your faults and your it it almost be like a self-absorbing negative focus and a process of just you know bashing yourself down and and you know what i mean that well beat yourself up kind of thing yeah <laughs> i'm so bad i'm so low i'm so contaminated i'm such a demon yeah and i've i've seen people take that turn of events too you know I've seen people go in that direction and and so that's why we have a very perfect process which covers all these you know opportunities to go in the wrong direction mm. you know these pitfalls pitfalls yeah these ways to get sucked off somewhere whether it's going up or going down you know and so that is focus on the supreme lord I'm not the focus. So if I'm just looking inside at myself and all, you know, they make I become a, you know, a mental hypochondriac or a spiritual hypochondriac. Or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's all about me still. It's it's nothing changed. It's just, you know, I'm so great or I'm so bad. Yeah. But when you, you know, put your main a focus on the Supreme Lord, you know. And yeah, as you look inside, you see what you see, you deal with it, but that's not where you live. You're always looking at devotional service to the Supreme Lord, His 
desire, His will. What can I do to serve Him? As imperfect as I am, you know, He's so merciful and so kind. I have full faith in His love that He will accept even the smallest thing I can do for Him. See, like the child has full faith that the parent who loves him dearly will accept him as he is. Not that that's perfect, but he will accept him, love him, and therefore he can want to do better. Yeah. I want to yeah. be more pleasing. Yeah. So you can take these absolute concept of us in our connection with the Supreme Father and translate it back to everyday experience we've all had with our earthly father, mm. see, or mother, or, you know, guardians, or whoever may be in that position. Mm. Mm. And so, yeah. if I'm still always looking at me, it's not good, mm. see whether I'm comparing myself to others and putting myself above or looking at myself introspectively and putting myself down, I'm still the guy. It's yeah. all about me. Yeah. I'm still self-centered. You know? Like it can't end there. Like that, that's the beginning, beginning of the process. I mean, looking at yourself in the introspective way, but you have to, I'm gonna, yeah, you have to go beyond that. Well, of course, you know, and that's what the teaching is. Go beyond that. You know, yes, I'm, I'm, I've got all these problems and faults, but even so, I'm going to try to please the Lord. I'm going to try to take his cure, which he has given us, mm. that will actually make it so I can overcome these. Not I will overcome them with my willpower or yeah, yeah, my decision yeah, yeah. to be a better person, but that process which will cleanse away all these impurities. See, and that's this transcendental sound, hearing and chanting of these mantras, etc. And that's what does the work, not me. My work is to make it so I'm in contact with the cleansing agent. See, the cleansing lifestyle the cleansing relationship. Exactly. That's what makes the, ma the magic happen. That's the miracle. Hmm. It's not me. It's, again, back to the source, the Supreme Lord. You know, there because there's a nice comparison that someone <laughs> said, which is kind of like, um, shows, shows us maybe a picture of how that could look. You know, it's like we have our two ears and through the ears we're receiving the words, the fault-finding words, and we have, you know, we're listening. So if we're, if you know, but the ears are attached to the body. So it's kind of like a machine. So we can take our ears and we just like, we redirect it, we start walking in another direction. We take our ears away from <laughs> like that focus and listening to that and taking in that and just, you know, taking this machine and just driving it somewhere else, having our ears follow into another place you know so that they don't have to be yeah. <laughs> exposed to that yeah yeah, yeah. redirecting yeah. aversion aversion to fault finding whether aversion. it's me finding fault or someone finding fault and and directing it at me look at this look at that guy you know what that guy did you know and yeah. sucking me in drawing me in yeah to that fault-finding consciousness. Exactly. No, I don't want to, I, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to hear that. 
you know, and just like you say, take the ears somewhere else. And you're about to say it with your tongue, uh, but then you say, uh, Goranga instead, or Haribo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. and, and if we're attracted to that, and most people are, then, yeah, what did he do? What did exactly. they say? Exactly. You know, we want we want to know more, but yeah. we have to know. No, no, no. But if we're actually averse at that godly quality, which is <laughs> again very rare, we'll actually be averse to it. I don't want that. You know, like somebody saying, "Look at this stool," or "Smell this stool." Ah, <laughs> uh, no thanks. <laughs> I, I'm not interested. But you know, it's it's just amazing why why it is that it's so attractive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it doesn't seem to be any reason for it to be <laughs> attractive. <laughs> People like conflict in Kali Yuga, especially, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's it's just that influence on us. You know, I remember when I was in school, I think everybody would probably have a somewhat similar experience. On the playground, say in lunch break or, you know, during the play period, I mean, it starts from early age, you know. Everybody's going along playing. There's lots of people out, all the other kids. And then two guys start fighting. And everybody on the playground runs to the fight and stands around, giant circle. And you got these two little boys in there, you know, fighting. And oh. people are cheering, yeah, he, you know, it's like that's the thing. But if two guys are getting along peacefully and, you know, placing each other, nobody's interested. No. Care. Or you know? having a philosophical discussion or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Playing nicely together. But as soon as the fight starts, oh. Yeah. Just like that fight at that, that yeah. NFL football match in Los Angeles. Just I guess it was yesterday. You know, people forgot about the, the, the football game. <laughs> And everybody's watching the fight. <laughs> that was more interesting than the football game. <laughs> oh, uh, oh! Because you know that's that's what we're attracted to. Mm. But but that's okay, yeah. So okay, so we are there. We're attracted to it, and that's okay. So let's just focus our ears and our eyes and our senses on something else and on transcendental sound, like you say. We that's the way to purify us from that attractive. You know, being attracted to that. Yes, yes, yeah. And if we're, you know, at that stage where we want to use our time and energy in service to the Lord, then we really don't have time for a lot of that stuff, you know. Mm. And I've got something else to do, you know. I, I, I don't want to do that. That's, you know, obviously against my well-being. I don't have the time. I, I got things to do. And so we are protected in many, many different ways hmm, by this refocusing, yeah. using the human form of life for its intended purpose, as we talked about before. Yeah. yeah. So if we wanted to keep it short, I guess it's time to uh, yeah. have a little transcendental sound in the form of kirtan. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and, and like you just briefly mentioned you know as soon as we start getting sucked in just 
starts, you know, taking shelter in the mantras, Goranga, Haribo, Nitai Go. You know, I mean, really, it's, it takes some some effort, you know, to to pull ourselves out. Didn't what was it a few weeks ago? Or did you say it or someone else that, like this lady who, you know, she she felt this strong strong anger. She just and she had just walked into the closet and and chanted on her japa beads, you know, until and she said, "Okay, I'm angry. I'm gonna go and chant." You know? So she she did that and she came out after like twenty minutes and she was it was like, she's fine. She was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we have to do things like that, you know. Use our intelligence. This is intelligence. You know, we have to use it. If we don't use it, then what? What do we have it for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, we can go on and on. There's always something else to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use our intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and our voices and our <laughs> yeah. intelligence, mind, everything. Okay, I'm sticking with the same mantra, go Ranga Haribo.
ゴーランガー。ハルボー。ゴーランガー、ゴーランガー。Yeah, so, you know, if that's stuck in your mind, you won't be finding fault so quickly. <笑><笑><笑>、うん、yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Another little idea. <laughs> can I? I have one small quote that I'll be reading. Maybe this can be like a, some final summary of this because <laughs> I, I, I have to read this.、Uh, this is from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, text 9. A person is considered still further spiritually advanced. A person is considered still further spiritually advanced when he regards, when he regards honest well wishers, affectionate benefactors, the neutral, meditative. Mediators, the envious, friends and enemies, the pious and the sinners, all with an equal mind. There you go. Yeah. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. thank you, Valakia.、Yeah. <laughs> That's perfection. <laughs> you know, you want to know what is perfection? There you go. That's perfection. Yeah. Such a consciousness is perfect. So, can you imagine planet Earth if that was the prevailing mood? Yeah. It wouldn't、no. be like it is now. <laughs> <laughs> that would. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could go on and on. There's a few things that come to mind, but we'll save it for next time. You, you write them mentally down and we can, you know, bring them up next week. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll forget them by then. Oh, that's <laughs> it. It comes as, it, as the moment arises. I see. Pops up. I see. Yeah. Spontaneous reaction. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Bow to everybody there. Yeah. Thank you, Slava, and everyone there. Shintanami. Shintamani. Yeah. yeah. Next week. Okay. Next week. Harry Bow. Harry Bow. Namaste. Right, thank you so much for being here with us today, listening and、uh, joining us for the talk. We,、uh, to the very end, we are going to、uh, end here. And、uh, please do subscribe to our、uh, email list, to YouTube, to Spotify, or wherever you're watching, wherever you want to tune in. <laughs> you can also make mini donations via Patreon if you're really liking what we do and would like to help us. So, See you soon and、uh, stay true to yourself and dare to break trails.